Dr. Dave, what do you think about church covenants? The idea here on Thinking About It, welcome if this is your first time to our podcast. Uh, Dave and I are thinking about these things called covenants, uh, agreements that are repeated on a fairly regular basis as to how we will conduct ourselves as Christians. And uh, Dave, you've got an, uh, an opinion, maybe even an attitude about this whole thing, and I want to put that on the table and consider whether or not it's something that uh, church leadership should revisit as a, a teaching tool, and not so much as a legalistic dirty dozen list of things, but something that might actually instruct people and um, correct uh, toxic thinking and behavior before it even happens. So let's let's talk about the idea of a covenant and what that would look like in the life of a church. Yeah. Uh, um, as we did in another podcast, uh, sometimes I come to these podcasts just out of my class because uh, I teach a course in pastoral theology just in the morning on Thursdays. Um, and, uh, we got into this today, um, and, uh, very interesting What's it response. like to be in your class? I got the feeling that you just, <laughs> you, you have a lot of conversations there. Uh, a lot of, there is a lot of conversation. There is, and it's great. Um, the students in the class are delightful and they're bright and thoughtful and it's, and, and, and it's, there's a couple of us, there's myself and a couple of other students that are on the more <laughs> geriatric side of things and then I've got a, a group of students that are very much in their 20s maybe early 30s but that's about it so it, it's fascinating to and I'm constantly reminded by one student in particular who loves to remind me now you are of another generation and this student would say this to me all the time it's getting annoying getting annoying but whatever but when we when we raise the covenant issue there was a divide even among the younger guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I got, there's one guy who is a, um, a church planter starting a new church and they are in the process of forming a covenant. And this church, this church plant's been going for maybe a year or two and that's about it. Mm -hmm. So he was very committed to it. And he, he, as the pastor of this congregation is looking for high commitment. If you're going to be part of the thing, you got to be in. Now, a lot of new believers, uh, very interesting way of how they're seeing people come to faith in Christ. This is a church that actually these guys go around and knock on doors. It's absolutely amazing. And they're seeing people come to faith. Oh. On the other side, we're seeing uh, some guys who just said, I have no idea what this is about. Uh, I've never heard of it. I've never read one, never been part of one. Are they the older guys? No, young guys. Yeah. Young guys. And, you know, it's just, it was just uh, almost a light bulb moment. Really? Is this something that we should, we should think about? So is the problem with the word covenant? It just sounds very serious when you use yeah. uh, biblical terminology like that. It elevates it to a, a level that is too legalistic. I mean, what, is that a good word? I, I think it's a very good word. We need to use it in weddings because we're making a covenant not making a contract, it's a covenant. And a covenant is a full 100% entry into the relationship rather than a 50-50, which is more of a, a contract. So I think that's really important. And I think that we need to raise the bar of what it is to be a committed to this thing called the church. And I am all for some kind of covenant 
that calls people to appropriate action, care for one another, support of the church as a member. And if you're going to be in, let's, let's make sure we're in. Well, what about people who say, well, we preach the Bible. There's all kinds of things that people hear from the pulpit or in Sunday school that obligate them to a certain behavior. Why does it need to be codified in, in covenant language, they might say? I'm for it, by the way. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. I, we have no venue in our church to call people to reminder where they actually vocalize it themselves. There's something about reading a covenant in which we say, we covenant that we will live morally, ethically, and spiritually in our world and, and, and community. We covenant together that we will seek the unity of the bond of peace. We covenant together that uh, we will um, what work hard or whatever. That's bad mm-hmm. language. It doesn't work, but uh, work hard to ensure that our, our church... Um, it stays on mission or, or however you want to say it. And to actually have something that, that makes, like, as a faculty member at Heritage College and Seminary, I have to sign something every year. Every year I have to sign that I hold to the doctrinal statement. There's some other things that I need to sign. There's some ethical policies that I have to sign off on and that kind of thing. Why? Because it's a reminder year after year, I come back to that moment to say, okay, can, do I still hold to the doctrinal position of Heritage College and Seminary? Can I sign this without mental mm-hmm. reservation? Mm-hmm. And rarely do we, wh- what other venue do we have to call people in the church to that same kind of ongoing, regularly affirmed commitment mm-hmm. to these fundamental what we would consider to be fundamental values that guide our lives, guide our church, guide the mission of the church. I, I am less interested in, I'm very interested in what it says, okay, for sure. But I'm more interested in the opportunity or context in which this actually can be repeated out mm-hmm. loud mm-hmm. or articulated. You know, if marriage is a covenant might not be a bad idea for a married couple to remind themselves what they got into or to remind them of their vows. Absolutely. I, I've done rehearsal of vows with, uh, you know, often it's a situation where something has kind of drifted and it's struggled and they've gone, but then they come back and yeah. they reaffirm. And so I've led ceremonies for this couple, often very quiet, very private, mm-hmm. that they actually rearticulate the vows yeah. that they made 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also think that you're right. I think it's, you know, to pull out those old vows and... Every anniversary. S- pull them out and go over them and say, okay, are we still in? I still mean that. <laughs> Haven't changed. Yeah. I, I don't know anyone that does that. But no, I don't. <laughs> to have and to hold for better, for worse, richer, for poorer. All well, right. And, and, but I'll tell you, you and I do weddings. Every time we do one of those and we go through those vows... You and I can't help but thinking about, oh, yeah. my state of these at one time. And our wives. She's sitting right there. <laughs> they're hearing it, right? <laughs> and they're saying, <laughs> yeah. It's sobering. So it's, it's very, and I think it's great for um, visitors to come to a wedding. And I always 
say that this is an opportunity to remind us, our, our, yeah. our visitors, what they're into. It's, sure. it's very wholesome. Okay, we have a copy in front of us yeah. of a sample of a covenant from Capitol Hill, Mark Deaver's church. And I just pulled this off the internet, off his website. I think it's the third or fourth iteration. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because yep. this is not scripture, even though each of these points come out of scripture, but someone has to redact it, choose what moves up and down the list. And I, I think the the times will determine that to some degree or experience, but let's take a look at this thing mm-hmm. and just understand it. And then imagine where would this surface in the life of a church? Mm-hmm. How would you use this? I don't think you're suggesting that once a year, just like you do at heritage, everyone just kind of check a box and sign something because you might not read that every year because you know what's in it. You just sign it. Um, Maybe you do, but I think we're looking at this covenant idea as more than that. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let me just read the preamble. Covenant language. Having, as we trust, been brought by divine grace to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and to give up ourselves to him, And having been baptized upon our profession of faith in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we do now, relying on his gracious aid, solemnly and joyfully renew our covenant with each other. Pretty formal language, eh? I love it. It's pretty serious. I like it. And then the first tenet, if you will, or the point is we will work and pray for the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Is that a good one? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we're called to that. That's so radically biblical. Um, some might say, oh, it's legalistic. There's I, nothing why, why legalistic. It is pure biblical. Yeah, it is. Um, but there it is, a little checkbox, and <laughs> I'm reading it, and I'm saying it again, and... Uh, Legalism would say we would actually articulate what that looks for. You know, uh, legalism would say we will work and pray. Well, that means you will pray three times a day, morning, noon, and night. Come to prayer meeting. Come to prayer meeting. Every, every Your morning devotions, evening devotions, you will pray for the unity of the Spirit. That's legalism. Mm-hmm. What this is, not we're free to engage this in any way that's appropriate or we think that's appropriate for our lives and, and, and the way we're living our lives. There's nothing, there's nothing legalistic here at all. I agree. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, so we will work and pray. Uh, I don't know why that would be number one. Maybe it doesn't matter, but um, that's the first one in, the, in this list. Which you can see, given the tendency that churches have to blow themselves apart, exactly. how cool would it be if on a regular basis uh, we read this, asked the grace of God to make it work, we might spare ourselves a lot of disunity. Number two, you want to read it? Sure. We will walk together in brotherly love as becomes the members of a Christian church, exercise an affectionate care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully admonish and entreat one another as occasion may require. Uh, now who, who can't, like who would say no to that? <laughs> I would hope no one. 
But the beauty of this, and, and you know, we can go through, and, and we'll go through a few more. You know, we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, nor neglect to pray for ourselves and, the, and others, for sure. Um, we will endeavor to bring up such as many at any time may be under our care in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and by a pure and loving example, seek the salvation of our family and friends. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing to quibble about any of these things. What I find to be the joy in this, this is a public, regularly rehearsed statement by our congregations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the, the genius of this. It's like a catechism, isn't it? Sure. On, on practice. We're very uh, serious about what we believe. We, every church has a doctrinal statement, but not every church has a statement of what you'll do as Christians, the commitments of a Christian. Uh, we don't. We have in our membership class list of things that we expect, but it's not in covenant language. The first church that I was full-time at was in Vancouver, Faith Regular Baptist Church. And I noticed in the pews there, they had a covenant. I think there were 12 points in this covenant. It was glued into the front page of their hymn book. And every communion service, they would stand up in solemn covenant form and uh, they would uh, read it out loud and and recommit themselves to that. I think that's pretty cool. And I haven't seen it any time since. I grew up with the same thing. Calvary Baptist Church in Woodbridge. We, when Pastor Fred Elliott was there, that's what I remember, maybe maybe other pastors, but the, I remember Pastor Fred Elliott when he was the pastor there, every communion service. And again, it was glued into the front of the hymn book. Of course, we don't have hymn books anymore. Um, it was, we stood and read this thing every time at communion service. I forget whether it was the beginning of service or the end of the communion service, but I remember doing that. And yeah, as a kid, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't get it. But when I look back on it now and remember my mom and my dad standing and reading this with everybody else in the congregation, I look back on it now and say, wow, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was a very important moment for them uh, in the church. And I wonder, because the church worked well, the the church, it it was a happy place. There were issues, but it was a happy place. And I wonder if that regular rehearsing of that didn't have a play. Mm Mm-hmm in this kind of thing. You know, we find it difficult sometimes to preach on givings. Well, that's here. It says, we will contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. I think that's that's the point that people need to be reminded of. Yep. We will work together for the continuance of a faithful evangelical ministry in this church as we sustain its worship ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. An even faithful evangelical. Now, it didn't say evangelistic, which mm-hmm. I find interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, we could quibble over how they're wording this, but but their point, obviously, their point is that they want to be evangelical in the full fullest sense of the word, which includes mm-hmm. part of being a definition of evangelical yeah. is that we are evangelistic, yeah. obviously, yeah. right? Well, Dave, we're out of <laughs> excuse me, we're out of time. Uh, we just got into this, but uh, if you're listening and uh, you want to think more about these statements. This one is from Capitol Hill Church in Washington with Mark Deaver. There's all kinds of them out there. Uh, Write your own, and I think it's going to be something 
that here at Grandview we revisit. We have chatted about it. It just kind of got tabled or put in the shelf somewhere, but I think it's something that we should revisit. Thanks for thinking about this with us, Dave. Until next time, I'm Bob McGregor. Dave Barker. And thank you for joining us on Thinking About It.